2: On News Radio 680 WPTF.
1: And I'm Doug Lewis, certified financial planner.
2: And I'm Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. Well, Deborah, many of our listeners that call in and schedule appointments uh, with us have a question that comes up many times during a typical week. A typical week. Uh-huh. And that question is I have a 401k. How should it be invested? It's
3: a typical question. Uh, Whether or not you know what to invest in in your 401k can often consume a lot of unnecessary time. The real answer is you should first get a list of options that are available to you in your plan. The list will include which investments you can buy as an employee of that company and a participant in that employer's plan. When you put money into these investments, you're hoping that they will increase in value until you want to retire. So you need to know what these investments are, and then you need to know what you can expect from those investments, and then you've got to find the right ones for you. Most people don't feel comfortable doing this on their own, so they call us at Lewis Financial Management because they know they need the help of a certified financial planner. This is one of the many things we do at Lewis Financial Management. So if knowing what to invest in in your 401k is important and on your mind, give us a call this week 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000.
1: You know, actually, uh, I saw just yesterday we got an email from a listener who wants to schedule an appointment with us and that's the I think that was her second question that she wanted to know Mm -hmm. what investments I should have in my 401k, how to select them. It is indeed exactly, as you said, Linda and Deborah, uh, one of the most common questions we get, because how does the individual employee at any company know anything about investments? So if you're out there listening right now and you're just beginning and this is the way we would do it, you would pick the first investment. And once you accumulate a few thousand dollars, then you'll need to pick the next investment. And you're building a portfolio of investments so that when you retire, your own assets that can be sold to produce an income to you during retirement. These investments should complement each other so that the entire 401k has the best chance to increase in size.
2: And over your lifetime, you may have accumulated, you know, in a large IRA or four, uh, in a large 401k as much as a hundred thousand, uh, five hundred thousand, and for some folks, um, over a million. And then you really need to know if it's invested properly.
3: You'll want these investments to complement your non-retirement investments also. So, is it time for you to see if you need to make some changes? Call us during the week to make an appointment to look at your 401k. By making an appointment with us, you will go through the options that um, are available to you and will advise you on what might be uh, best or better investments to help you achieve your financial goal, which is being able to retire.
1: It's sad that... Through the last thirty some years, I have rarely ever seen an employee come to me with their 401k uh, properly properly placed. placed. I usually I ask them, "Well, how did you choose uh-huh. these investments?" And they say, "Well, I don't know. I just." checked off a bunch of boxes uh-huh. or uh, this one here said high risk. This said low risk. And I did, I don't really know how I did it. And that's the most common answer, right. which is fine because I wouldn't expect them to. But what they're not doing is seeking
2: advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug, I was thinking of the very same thing. Is and that right? what, Yeah. Yeah. We are one, aren't we? We are. <laughs> Sometimes we think the same thing at the same moment. But it is true that a lot of folks who have... You know, diligently participated in their 401k contributions oftentimes also procrastinate, don't they? They do.
1: They do. It's just, it's the easiest thing to do is to just say, it's probably working for me. I don't need to do anything else.
2: Yeah. And life, life gets busy and you're working and you're taking care of the kids. And it's time to get advice. So call us at Lewis Financial Management. We'll be happy to schedule an appointment with you. That number to call in Raleigh is 919 That's 919-USA-7000. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in the world of retirement?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it, this is unfortunately the opposite news. This is the bad news that... Given a choice between satisfying immediate needs and desires or focusing on the future, there are studies now that are showing that the here and now is winning out. In other words, it's instant gratification versus delayed gratification. And that impulse does not look good for retirement savings.
3: The psychological tendency to prioritize the present over the future can have troubling implications. But that's because time, resources, and attention are limited. There are ways to counteract these, though. The impulse to spend now and s- instead of saving
1: for retirement can be tempered. And that's the good news. Yeah, the good news that academics are finding ways now to make the future seem more immediate. And a lot of times people ask me, well, Doug, you know, the way you describe your financial planning practice all these years, it, it's sort of like a, a psychological, uh, it's sort of like a financial psychology almost. <laughs> it
3: really is. And it is.
1: It is. Clients come to us. They open up to us. We A lot of times we say, well, Doug, you know, I just, uh, uh, I have to admit. I I've been wanting to do it but I just I've got bad habits. I don't mm-hmm. save enough or mm-hmm. I don't invest enough and I
3: Oh I've always wanted to get started and it took me an extra decade. I'm someone yeah. who waited an extra decade and I need to I need to fix that.
1: Yeah, I remember this one couple I must have been 20-some years ago because now they're financially independent. But I remember the two of them sat there in front of me and she said, it's all his fault. It's all his fault. He just spends everything on golf. That's why it's there. (laughs) (laughs) And he turned and looked at her and then looked at me and said, she buys too many pairs of shoes. (laughs) Uh,
3: And we all have our tendency to want to gratify ourselves now instead of save for the
1: future. But we know better. That's right. The bad news is that the savings crisis is deepening because 52% of American households are at risk of being unable to maintain their standard of living in retirement. So there are some ways to motivate yourself to save more.
3: Yeah. Envision the future as something that is vivid and real. Instead of thinking of your retirement date as in years, like I'm going to retire in 30 years, instead say to yourself, wow, my time horizon is 10,950 days away. Mm-hmm. That makes it very immediate. <laughs> and thinking in days can help you start saving four times sooner. They've proven this. So by using the label days,
2: the future feels more pressing. Another uh, point is that you need to break down your goals. So the closer we get to a goal, the more motivated we become. And when the reward is in sight... Uh, It it explains why, you know, for example, if you're in a race, it explains why runners pick up their pace as they approach the finish line.
3: You're listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Call 919-872-7000 or visit our website, DougAndLinda.com.
2: So in the context of retirement, People often fail to save in earnest until retirement is close. And that goes back to the matter of procrastinating, right? Right. right. So, so many uh, of our listeners that have come in always make the comment I wish I had done this 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, so the way to make it happen is you break it down into sub-goals, which, of course, this is exactly what we do at Lewis Financial Management. As soon as the client comes in, we have the long-term goal. We find out exactly what they will need to accumulate or to have accumulated by the time they want to to stop working, and then we break it down into short-term, mid-term, long-term goals, and then... Design those sub-goals as both realistic and challenging. Why? Because if your goals are too hard... It's easy to fall short and lose motivation.
3: That's right. And if you do fall short, maintaining perspective is key. Let's say you set a goal to start investing your monthly cash flow surplus this month. And instead, it takes you three months to actually get started. Did you fail? No. It just took you three months instead of one.
1: I'm remembering the client that recently had told us he wanted to go ahead and start saving uh, 10000 a month. Mm-hmm. And then we got an email saying, oops, back it down to 3000 this month. Uh-huh. Uh All right. But then we got another email. Okay. Crank it back up again. Right,
3: right. Yeah. So people know that once you have a goal in some way to have accountability, it makes you move faster. So you need to monitor
1: your progress. Yeah, that's the most important thing, to monitor the progress. Individuals should automate their savings to reduce the temptation. We call that pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. In your retirement portfolio, you fix it. That's your it. monthly contribution of your salary that you want deferred into your 401k. And that's easy because then your bookkeeper or payroll automates it for you. Mm-hmm. And then over in the non-retirement investments, we help you set it up so that it goes a straight Draft from your checking account to whichever investment you chose. That's right. Automated. And those prompted to monitor their progress are much more successful according to all the studies. That's right. And those that track their
3: progress toward their savings goals, even more successful. To prevent your savings and investing decisions from being influenced by market moves, monitor the amounts you're putting in. Just like Doug was saying, instead of your account balances, this will help you truly achieve financial success. And the reason why is because retirement may seem like it's a long way away now, but success begins by starting this. This month, know what you need to save or invest this month so you can spend it years from now. If you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website, DougandLinda.com. That's DougandLinda.com. Holly,
1: this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening?
4: Hi, I'm calling from a beach house um, on the North Carolina coast that my grandparents own. I've been coming here my whole life, and the entire family enjoys it so much, but a financial advisor has suggested that they sell it. And I understand that there's no debt on the house, so I was wondering why they'd be advised to do so.
1: Well, that's sort of a hard question to answer without some specifics. Help me understand a little bit more. It's owned by your parents?
4: Grandparents. Grandparents. It's
1: owned by your grandparents, Yes, right. I'm
4: just down here visiting, and I was thinking about it, because we would love for them to be able to keep it.
1: Well, of course, they can keep it until they die. Uh, then the question is, uh, what is the size of their estate? Do you have any idea what the size of their estate is?
4: Um, I know they live very comfortably. Um, oh, that,
1: uh, that's how much they spend, but... did I, I, if I guess income. Yeah, if they're if there is... Like, do they need it for income? Well if well I guess we've got so many questions, questions. popping yeah. into my head. Yeah. Uh,
2: How old are they,
4: Holly? Um, they're mid seventies. Okay. Well, long time. Who's the house
1: go to when they pass away?
4: Um it would be divided amongst the siblings. Um so my parents and their brothers and sisters.
1: How many siblings and are there?
4: There's three.
1: Three siblings, and uh, are all three of the siblings financially uh, well off? Um, Yes. All right. So then, the question is going to be: What do the siblings? What will they want to do at that time?
4: Well.
1: Um, if they if they if they own it jointly, then they own one third of a home. No. Now it's even worse because they may be married. Are the siblings married?
3: Well, her yes, parents yeah. are. There's two parents there. So, does each sibling have a spouse?
4: Yes.
3: So now you'd have six owners of one house.
4: And so, do you think that would be their reasoning? Uh, we, I, well, know. I yeah. one
2: of the things that comes to my mind, this is Linda Lewis, is, okay, whatever the value of the home is, and do you know what the value is, roughly?
4: Between 800000 and a million.
2: Okay, so part of the cost <coughs> of owning the house is the property taxes, the upkeep, etc., and... Who knows? I mean, depending on what their other assets are, if they have mutual funds or CDs, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you know, what? Wh- we don't know what those other assets are that are producing income for them. And, you know, th- the major concern is, number one, how much do they have coming in as income besides Social Security? Um, and are they, I mean, are they comfortable or are they just tired of having the house? I mean...
4: Um, I, they're retired and they're living comfortably. I mean, um.
2: What kind of an answer were you
3: looking for, Holly? I mean, because I don't like, like, why in a financial advisor would advise someone to sell a home? It's a little bit too broad. Maybe we could narrow it down a little bit.
4: Um, I was just wondering if the house had been paid off, why that, that would be suggested that they do so.
3: This is Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. Call me at 919-872-7000.
1: Well, in our practice, many times we advise them not to sell the beach house, Because at the time of death, whoever inherits it, in this case, your siblings, they have what's called... No, her parents and their siblings. Her parents, yeah. Yeah. All right. So those that inherit it, your parents and your uncles and aunts, they get what's called a step-up in basis, and then they can sell it tax-free. That's the first reason not to sell it. Okay. And many times, that's what we advise. On the other hand, as Linda said, a lot of times, the parents are being deprived of a lot of income because the kids want it. And then we say, no, that's not right. They need to go ahead and think of their, of their, of their parents. And if they have a million-dollar asset that can produce maybe $60,000 a year income, then we move to another realm. Is there a way to sell it now and not pay the capital gains tax? Because the taxes on sale before death are very high. That's when we use a charitable trust, where we s- donate the house or the property to the sa- to, you know, to the um the trust. The trust sells it and starts producing an income for the owners, meaning your grandparents. So it depends more on what the planner knew and why they said to sell it. Uh, in some cases, that's the the worst answer. Other cases, and, it's the best answer. But and, the, but I will say this at death. It's going to be a very complicated situation. I've seen that many a time in my practice. Let's say there is a divorce later on, and uh, one of those wants a part of their inheritance, and that's then. Then it becomes really difficult because right
3: because a house you can't sell off the bathroom. One sixth of it is 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 a is
1: a problem. So how do you cash out the one person who wants their part? Or even worse, let's say Holly's parents. One of them pass away, and this is her inheritance, and she wants her inheritance. She wants hers, but how does she get? How does she get a sixth of the house? So I see
4: what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. it
1: is very tricky. I know of one situation which has been held up for fifty years in multi-generational disputes over just this issue. So uh, that has to be brought into the equation. But if we can help in any way, uh, you may want to go ahead and schedule an appointment at our office. Either you or your parents or your grandparents, we do do multi-generational planning. Our office number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. We have many clients that do have beach properties and beach homes and situations just like this. We'd be very happy to go ahead and meet with y'all. All All right. Well, it looks like Holly has dropped off, but I hope she got the answer that she was looking for.
2: Doug, it looks like we've got a caller.
1: Perry, this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you this evening?
5: Oh, I just wanted to talk and find out whether I should talk with you uh, in the office. Uh,
1: well, what's 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 the deal? What's 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 the issue? What it is is,
5: well, I'm trying to figure out whether I've got my stuff right or not. I mean, I uh, have a 401k right now, and I had to roll over one because the corporate—I left the uh, company that I had one with before that.
1: Right. Now, when you, when you did your rollover, how much, uh, how much was the rollover that you, 000. I'm sorry,
5: hundred thousand.
1: All right. That was at the old, at the old 401k. Yeah. Are you working still?
5: Yeah, but I, I'm, yeah, with a different company. All right. so and, the original one uh, is into an IRA uh, roll.
1: Okay. All right. right. That's what I wanted to yeah, know. Yeah,
5: that 401k went into an uh, IRA.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. I, I think that's a much better decision. I commend you for taking that option. Many companies allow you to roll it into the new uh, the new 401k. I didn't
5: want to do that because I didn't like the one that they have.
1: Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> and also, you lose control.
5: Yeah. Well, that was that was another thing.
1: All right. Now, some, how old are you, Perry?
5: Fifty-seven.
1: You're fifty-seven years old. You married or single. i uh, married. Married. All right. What's your income? Uh, Around sixty. All right, around sixty thousand. Is your wife working?
5: No, not outside the home.
1: Okay, right. But for I mean, uh, for compensation, this is the family. No, that's right. This is the family income. That's it. Okay, I. And what other investments do you have in your personal investment portfolio other than retirement investments? Uh,
5: virtually, I have about ten thousand in uh, another uh, uh, another mutual fund. All right, and.
1: Anything in cash or CDs I think, I think or money there's market? About,
5: there's about twenty thousand in cash. All right. and I have about, I think about twenty twenty-five thousand in uh, U.S. bonds.
1: All right. What in double E bonds?
5: A double E, yeah.
1: Right. That well, that's something we want to get rid of along the way as we do an asset allocation. What about your living expenses, Perry?
5: Oh, they aren't bad. I don't have a mortgage. Okay. So. Uh, Got food and clothing and things like that.
1: Right. Do you have any idea how much you're spending on a monthly or an annual basis?
5: Uh, let's see. How much do I get rid of out of my salary? I guess is what you're saying over a year. All right. Oh, uh, that's a tough one. You know, I never really—I I don't think about it.
2: Sometimes well, you can back into it. How much you pay for taxes, first of all?
5: Oh, about five, five thousand for federal, about two thousand.
2: Seven. Eight. dollars and how much are you contributing to your four hundred and one k?
5: Ten percent,
1: but that's another six. That brings you down to forty seven.
5: And I put away probably got
1: about three thousand for FICA. Oh, security
5: the full whatever the total is. I hit the top always. Okay,
1: then you may be at five thousand. So you yeah. might then be down to forty two thousand.
5: Amazing, isn't it? And mm-hmm. then food. I know that's uh, about five between five and six thousand a year.
3: Oh, 6, if you want to call during the week to set up a face-to-face appointment, the number is 919-872-7000. That's USA seven thousand. Also, we have a website at Lewis Financial Management. That's Doug and Linda dot com. Doug and Linda dot com.
1: What you want to do in the financial planning? uh, uh Arrangement mm-hmm. is we want to go ahead and start with a needs analysis, mm-hmm. and yes, it would be probably uh, to your benefit to go ahead and schedule an appointment with Linda. Call the office during the week, and she can set up a time. And we're going to want to let, take a look at your living expenses, your assets. Uh, you say you have n- uh, no mortgage, any other liabilities? None. All right. Well, that's good. That means that your assets are your net worth. Mm-hmm. We're, going to want, we're going to want to go ahead and look at your, your both your qualified and your non-qualified. And it looks to me like you've got a significant, what we call net margin, which means excess income net over expenses.
5: Yeah, I do. I, I know that. And that's the thing is I wanted. And
1: that needs to, that's your major, that's the big thing you've got. I'm not happy with your, with, with in other words, if all you've got is about $50,000 in non-qualified investment portfolio at your age, mm-hmm. then that makes me nervous. And therefore, what we need to do is to see how rapidly you can build it using that net margin. And in building it, build it according to an asset allocation model. Mm-hmm. I and and in that model, we will include both the qualified, meaning the IRA rollover monies, and the non-qualified. Mm-hmm. I it, it may be that you haven't done anything wrong so far. You just need to go ahead and shift the pieces around.
5: Yeah. That, well, that's that's the thing. Is in, uh, I've listened to your program on several occasions. and and. It sounds like you would be the person to talk to that uh, could, at least, tell me what what I'm doing wrong or how best to take what I have and uh, make the best advantage. Because I I want I really want to essentially I want to retire at 62 or 63 somewhere in there.
2: Yeah, we can do some financial independence studies. And I will
5: get a uh, retirement fund from the first company that's sitting somewhere.
1: Yeah, what you just told. What you've just told us is that that your financial independence feasibility study is targeting five years or six years, and we want to run an analysis to find out whether you'll be able to make it uh, under the assumptions that we build in. That's what I really need.
2: Yeah, and um, our number in the Raleigh area, Perry, is eight seven two seven thousand.
5: 7000
2: Yes, sir. USA-7000. Oh, and if, okay. you know, in the meantime, if you and your wife would get a notebook and start jotting your questions down, um, and if you'll call me, I'll be happy to send you an introductory packet okay. and some worksheets where you can fill out the data that we would need, and then we can take it from there.
5: Okay, I'll give you a call then Monday.
2: Okay, well, thank you
3: for calling. Well,
5: thank you for having- All
3: right, bye-bye. You know what, Doug and Linda? Perry's question represents so many of the calls that we receive on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, I forgot to tell him, though, that uh, if he calls to schedule an appointment, we're giving away three, one of three books. Again, as we have, seems like our, our listeners that are coming to the office, they're enjoying these. So again, if Perry comes in, if you're still listening, Perry, we will offer you either The Wealthy Barber, Middle Class Millionaire, or Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. And also don't forget we have a website. Go to our website, DougAndLinda.com, dot Dougandlinda.com. Okay, Debs, yeah, go ahead.
3: Well, I was just I was just remarking that um, you know to myself that he represents most of the people who definitely are uh, listeners who make appointments who come in. You know, sixty thousand family income is uh not Uh, not exceptionally high, or or making you think that, you know, well, only wealthy people need financial planners. No, everyone needs a certified financial planner. Whether you're beginning, you're in the middle of accumulating, or if you're at the end, you know that you need to know how much you spend on taxes, how much you spend on living expenses, how much you need to contribute to your retirement plan to get to your financial planning goal. These are the typical, everyday, average folks who, in the end, become middle-class millionaires.
2: And it's it's wonderful, isn't it? Because so many of uh, our families are our couples or, you know, uh, our listeners that have come in and scheduled appointments. They're just like Perry. They're married. They've been working every year on their jobs, taking care of the kids, paying down the mortgage. But because life is busy, many of them are procrastinating and You get to a point in your life where either an event happens or it's just time.
3: Well, like in his situation, um, he's looking at retiring in five years. Well, what was his biggest question? Is retirement feasible? Can we do it? Are we going to have enough?
1: And I'm reminded last week, the client that came to see us during the week, at the end of the meeting, it's always the same comment. Gee, I wish I had done this. I wish I'd come to see you 10 years before. (laughs) It's the
2: same. So true. right? Five years before, 10 years before. (laughs) Right. So if you're listening,
3: make that commitment. This is the year that you get started answering the question, am I on track? Will I be ready to retire when I want to? So if this sounds like you, definitely call during the week at 919-872-7000. That's nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. I thought we might bring a real case study to the conversation tonight because I think what people like hearing the most is stuff that might be what they might be going through.
1: All right. Why don't we do the Mark and Kathy Parker case?
3: Let's do it. Mark and Kathy Parker, both 67 years old, have been retired for two years. While they are living comfortably on their current retirement income, they are concerned about the effects of inflation on their purchasing power in the future. They would also like a little extra income for occasional trips and other modest luxuries they currently cannot afford. At the same time, the Parkers want to leave some inheritance for their children and grandchildren, as well as make a substantial gift to the local Jewish Federation, which they have been involved with for over the years.
1: So let me see if I got it. They're both 67. Mm Mm-hmm. They are already retired. Correct. They live comfortably on their retirement income. They'd like a little extra income. They want to leave inheritance for their kids and grandkids and they want to make some contribution to the Jewish Federation. That's right. Because they've been involved. That's okay, right. So
3: we want to we want to leave we want to leave for our children and they're also charitably minded. Okay, what's the problem?
2: All right. Well, well the Parkers own a million dollars worth of stock in the company where Mark worked for many years. And as an employee of that company, Mark received stock options and he exercised them over time. So he has a cost basis of only 100000 Well, the stock has been a very good growth stock, but it has produced minimal dividend income that they need to count on. The Parkers are considering... Uh, They they considered selling some of the stock and reinvesting it in income-producing portfolio, but they don't like the idea of paying $200,000 of taxes to the IRS.
1: Okay, so they've got a million dollars worth of stock, and they're facing $200,000 in taxes. The stock obviously doesn't give much income. No stock gives very much dividend income. So we see their problem.
3: Now, we fortunately at Lewis Financial Management are very familiar. So we suggested they create a charitable gift plan and proposed a solution to help them achieve all of their objectives and eliminate this capital gain tax that would be looming. The Parkers give half of their stock to a charitable remainder trust called a CRT for which they can claim a 100000 income tax deduction. The CRT sells the stock for $500,000, saving them about $100,000 in capital gains taxes. The sale proceeds are reinvested into an investment portfolio that gives them $40,000 a year income. Some of that income is directed to a wealth replacement trust to pay premiums on a policy that will benefit the Parker's children. If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. And then, at the Parker's death, the remaining assets in the CRT will be distributed to their charity of choice, the Jewish Federation.
1: Okay, so let's go through what happens in this strategy the half million dollars gift of stock to the charitable trust eliminates all taxes the parkers would have had to pay those taxes if they had sold it outright but now they have eliminated all taxes number two it's also created an income tax deduction that substantially improves their net cash flow in addition the Parkers will create more lifetime spendable income for themselves, which was one of their big goals. And then fourth, it gives a larger inheritance for their children. And of course, number five, it gives a large gift at their death to their favorite charity, which was the Jewish Federation. So if we summarize what were the effects of this whole strategy, taxes are zero, The net cash flow that came to them over the rest of their lives, about $720,000. The inheritance that goes to the kids from the insurance policy, about $250,000. And the Jewish Federation got a half a million dollars. It was a win-win-win situation because zero taxes.
3: And, you know, we see this solution called the charitable trust as a solution for so many people's situations. It is a nice way to sell an appreciated piece of land or a farm or a business and then have that income inside that portfolio by an investment portfolio that can create an
1: income stream sort of like a pension for the rest of your life. That's exactly what it is. It becomes a pension for you. And the way we like to set them up, of course, is you never lose control. From day one all the way until your death, all of the pieces are under your control.
2: Definitely a win-win-win situation. So if you're out there listening, thank you for joining us on Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. If
3: you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website, DougAndLinda.com That's DougAndLinda.com
1: Let's take our caller.
3: Hi Bill, yeah. this
2: is Linda Lewis. How can we help you today?
5: Well Linda, I'll tell you, i got a question on whether I'm, I'm saving enough. Yes sir. Um 55. Yes sir. And I'd like to retire at 58. Okay. Now the pension will be about $2,000 a month. Alright. And what we have now is income of about 100000 and I've got about five hundred thousand in tax deferred accounts. Say
2: so, so you're you're okay, so you've got five hundred thousand in tax deferred accounts. Your current income is a hundred thousand. Is that you combined with your wife? Yes. All right. And will she continue to work? No. What are your expenses?
5: Other than what we're saving, we spend the rest of it. So we're saving about twenty thousand a year.
2: So you're spending about eighty thousand?
5: And then of course the tax
2: taxes. So yeah. how much you spend
1: last year in taxes?
5: That one I can't answer.
1: Well, if we <laughs> assume that you spent uh, maybe uh, thirty thousand in taxes last year, okay, and you're saving twenty thousand, then that says that you're spending fifty thousand. Okay. If you're spending fifty thousand, then what does he want to do, Linda? He wants to find out whether he'll have fifty thousand in three years.
2: And you're saying that in retirement you'll get two thousand a, a month. month. That's twenty-four. That's twenty-four thousand, but. Do you have Bill anything outside of the tax deferred investments? I mean, do you have like any other personal funds? Just
0: uh, emergency money.
2: So you don't have like your own mutual funds in your own name no. or CDs or anything like that.
1: No, but that's okay. He'll be 58 years old. That's yeah,
2: right. no, I, you'll be able uh-huh. to access that so money. So let's see
1: what his shortfall is, Linda. He needs to have, He needs to get fifty thousand dollars before tax, which means he probably needs to get about about seventy five thousand. He needs to get fifty thousand after tax to live. So he needs to end up with maybe about seventy five thousand dollars coming in from everything, right? And he's got twenty four of that already from the pension. So he's gonna be shy about fifty one thousand dollars, it's gotta come from somewhere and that's gonna come from has to come from his investments or his retirement plan. Now you said your retirement plan is worth how much? About five hundred? Yes. All right, total five hundred. Well, obviously, if you were to try and do it today, you couldn't make it. That's right, because five hundred thousand will not give fifty-one thousand a year income. The question is, if we can get it growing between now and the next three years, will it grow big enough to where then it'll throw off fifty-one thousand a year income? And uh, I'm not at my office. I'm down at the station during the week. I'm at the office. If you were at my office, I would be able to work some numbers for you a little better. That number at the office, by the way, is nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. But if we go ahead and think that we can grow that five hundred thousand to where it's worth about seven hundred or about seven hundred thousand, if we got it up to seven fifty I would say you're all right uh, because seven fifty could comfortably give you fifty one thousand a year okay and fifty one thousand a year plus your regular twenty four thousand a year would give you seventy five thousand a year. And then your seventy-five thousand a year, subtracting your taxes, would leave you the fifty thousand a year that we think you need. Now we've got a lot of iffy sort of assumptions here, since we're doing this real quick on the back of a pad of paper. At sixty-two, the social security would kick in. Oh right.
2: yeah, so we have right. other so we, sources of income. Yeah, well, no, we got a gap.
1: We got a gap period there because we right. and we also got a penalty period for the first year and a half. We'd have to pay a ten percent penalty. It would be an interesting equation. By the way, the money right now, what kind of retirement plans it in? Tax deferred. It. It's a combination of 401k and IRA. Uh, yeah, if you um, if the IRA portion we could work with now. The 401k portion we could only work with at retirement. But if I had the whole thing spread out in front of me, I could go ahead and make some recommendations about how to try and make sure that you would get it, and then we would try and grow it up to age fifty eight and a half, fifty eight. When you retire, then we have two choices. We can do, uh, there's a special section of the tax code that will let me get that money out for you and not pay the 10% tax penalty.
5: Is that only for the IRA or both?
1: That's for both. Okay. But uh, we have to do it with a a five-year freeze. Uh, However, that would work. We could do that. Or we could just go ahead and look at the living expenses at that time and see how close we are. And we may not have to go ahead and do it. We may be able to go ahead and do it on a variable uh, you have no money of your own invested anywhere? No. Okay. Yeah, it would be a very interesting equation. I think we could work with it and we could do it. Uh, worst case is we have to pay a penalty for a year. Uh, that would be your choice, whether to pay the penalty for the year and a half to get to where age 59, you don't have to go ahead and you can then adjust according to your needs. And then two, three more years later, we could do the Social Security. Yeah. Yeah, listen, jot down my office number. It's 872-7000. Okay. That's 919-872-7000. And some people remember that as just USA 7000. And if you call my office during the week, Linda can check my schedule. Uh, Generally, we're booked a little ahead of time. But whatever uh, meeting time I've got, she'll set up an appointment and tell you how we charge and so on. Okay. Okay? All
3: right,
2: thanks so much for calling, Bill. Thank you. Take care.
3: There was recently an article in the Wall Street Journal that talked about lessons from the rich. And um, let's discuss this. There are a few good things to pull out of this article.
1: Yeah, this is really interesting because when it comes to their personal finances, the folks we call the ultra-wealthy, they share many of the same problems as investors with lower balances. Now, some of the ultra-wealthy, and they're defined as folks that have... $10 $10 million or more in investable assets, they turn to a peer network to get help and prospective management and preserving their fortunes. Uh, they pay uh, 30000 a year, for admission into this group. Well, and this
3: particular group.
1: That's right. This yeah, particular this, this group, club. this peer group. They call it Tiger, as a matter of fact. And they pay 30000 a year, and they do an annual defense, portfolio defense, where they share their personal balance sheets, their income statements, their financial goals with a small group of folks.
3: And so there was this man, Perry Lerner, who recently um, let us sort of peek into his life and his portfolio defense when he met with his investment club. Mr. Lerner is 73 years old, a co-founder of Crown Global Insurance Group, and he explained why he made certain investments and answered questions about his portfolio, his family, his charitable giving, and his estate planning.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was really interesting, Lerner, and and I really enjoyed him. He's popped up a couple of times recently also. Now, he created a spreadsheet of his accounts, including his assets and his liabilities, and putting everything down on one spreadsheet helped him, he said, get a clear, organized picture of what he owns and what he owes. It also reminded him of something that he thinks when he gets yet another financial statement in the mail— he said, "I've got too many accounts," and that's one of the things, Linda, that you always uh, want to know. You know, can, is there any way you can simplify?
3: Yeah, it was funny because when he was interviewed, he said he pledged to consolidate his twelve brokerage accounts into two, and consolidate ten bank accounts into two. And the 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 funniest is is well, whether you're you have a million dollars or ten million dollars, this is often our advice to you, which is simplify, right, streamlining is a streamlining is a good practice for anyone. It gives you less to track and it may cut your fees. And one day it will give your heirs less to sort through. I like what you said, Debs. It is important to simplify. It is. It really is. Now, what about cash and keeping cash on
1: hand? Yeah, he was holding about 4% of his portfolio in cash and cash equivalents, I'm not sure I think that's necessary, but that's what he was doing. He said he was worried that he wouldn't have the dry powder available to buy attractive stocks quickly. And I guess that's his personality. Of course, at Lewis Financial, once we do a total financial plan for clients, sometimes they do have this type of speculative. Uh, I can the think of the fun
3: money account, the, the mad <laughs> money account. I remember the
1: one client; she said, "I want to buy a Tesla uh-huh. <laughs> with my mad money." So she went and bought herself a Tesla. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, and then she bought some stock in Tesla.
3: <laughs> if you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation. Call us, set up an appointment. We can help you. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000.
1: Anyway, that's what he's doing. Depending on your own financial goals, your risk tolerance, and your overall financial situation, then that may be something for you too. But first, you should make sure that you've got enough cash for an emergency fund should a financial crisis arrive. And we like to say at least six months That's a good number. Six months of living expenses in an easily accessible account. And this is
3: really why you have to know your living expenses. You know, people will often ask us, why do you spend so much time on the living expenses? Well, everything either begins or ends with the living expenses. You need to know how much you have coming in and going out so you can know how much you can contribute to a monthly pay yourself first plan as you're accumulating. Well, in the end of your career, when you have to start creating income from a retirement account, you need to know how much you need to pull out because it'll be taxed. Income, And the way you know is by knowing your living expenses. So this is a key part of our financial lives for the rest of our lives. Another, um, I guess, guideline or lesson from the rich is we all need to know our blind spots. Mr. Lerner, he might not have had enough money invested in actively, he thought he might not have a, enough money invested in actively managed stock funds, but the group didn't really care about that. You know what they thought his most um, urgent issue to address was? What's that? He sa- they said to him, you need to ask more questions about your estate and charitable giving.
1: Interesting.
3: They were really concerned in, in this group environment of, that he had not taken care of all of his estate and charitable planning. Wow! So the group encouraged Mr. Lerner to consider giving more money to his adult children now, to put certain assets in trust, and to set up a family foundation while he is alive. And if these things sound familiar to you, as someone who may have listened to our show for the for many years, uh, or even over just the last year, but we you will it, hear do Doug and Linda talk about uh, trusts. We do a lot. We give a lot of advice on trusts.
1: charitable trust, donor advised funds, and so forth. Yes, indeed. Now, for investors of more modest means, a certified financial planner can help you see what you're overlooking in your financial life. For example, we at Lewis Financial can help determine if you're too heavily invested in your employer's stock. We might prompt you to reduce your support of your adult children. We might ask you about working in one more year or finally write up a will. It's never too late. It's never too late. Just call us. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. That's 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000 to schedule an appointment with us, and we will help you get your own personalized financial plan created whether you are a member of the ultra rich over 10 million or whether you're only just getting started.
3: And you have $10,000 and you want to know where
2: to, you know, go into your first uh, investment. Well, I I really enjoyed that. That was great because that gave us the overview of comprehensive financial planning. Exactly. Because if you're very wealthy, then you have a lot of assets. Right. And you don't worry that much about you Out, know, outliving your money. Outliving puts your you, money because you have so much right. of it. But many times folks have concerned about simplifying, which you spoke about, Deborah, which is what a lot of folks, especially right. as they get older, they want to. Or if they're dealing with uh terminal illness right. or just illness or dementia. Those are the things that they really want to hone in on and That's what we do at Lewis Financial Management, comprehensive financial planning. If you want to call us during the week to set up an
3: appointment for yourself, give me a call at 919-872-7000, and we will get started. We'll make a list of the questions that are on your mind. And if you're one of the millions (laughs) of Americans
1: with a retirement (laughs) savings account, three of the most important letters in the alphabet and in your financial life are RMD. RMD.
3: And that's because they stand for the required minimum distribution, which is something that every baby boomer now needs to deal with for the first time, because we're at the end of that time that you could just leave it there to be tax deferred. This RMD refers to an annual payout that savers must take from their retirement accounts at a certain point as required by law. The first of the boomers, those are the people born between 46 and 64, are just now hitting that age of 70 and a half when most will be required to pull money out of their 401ks and IRAs, but there are a lot of exceptions and deadlines regarding these
1: amounts. Yeah, Natalie Choate, who is a very frequently quoted expert in retirement investments and retirement strategy, she's got a lot of columns uh, that you see in financial press, she said that she was surprised how complicated the process was for her, and she indeed is an expert. So why is age 70 and a half important?
2: Well, it marks the point in a person's life when retirees must begin Taking a required annual payout from the tax sheltered retirement accounts, such as IRAs, uh, maybe a SEP IRA if you were a business owner, maybe a simple IRA. And, of course, if you had a Roth IRA, we, you wouldn't have to uh, take it out because tax has already been paid. But also, if you have a 401k or a 403b and any other workplace plan as well, you will begin your RMD at 70 and a half. Now, why are withdrawals required? Well, that's because Congress
3: encouraged people to save for retirement by providing those tax benefits for those accounts. But... Lawmakers don't want to shelter those savings forever. So users often must withdraw at least a minimum amount every year after 70 and a half.
1: Yeah, and then we come to the question of how large are those mandatory required withdrawals? Now, for most people, they begin at about three and a half percent of the assets and they rise with your age, although they're never large, uh, large enough to empty the account. The annual percentage applies to the individual retirement assets at, as of the end of the preceding December 31. Now, there's no limit on how much you can take out. For example, an IRA owner can pull out as much above that RMD amount as he wants. How do you figure
3: the minimum withdrawal? Well, the IRA sponsors are required to compute the amount for savers, that they, but they can make mistakes.
1: Yeah, we at Lewis Financial Management don't make mistakes. No. When we, uh, we, that, that, that's our responsibility uh, tri- to make, sure, yeah, to make yep. sure that yep. every one of our clients that is over 70 and a half is taking out the proper amount because if you get hit with that penalty, 50% penalty is huge. So we make sure. On the other hand, uh, different custodians make mistakes.
3: If something has popped in your head tonight, give me a call during the week. My number is 919 872 That's 919 872
1: Now we come to the big question of the deadline. What's the deadline for taking required withdrawals? The first payout is for the year that a taxpayer turns 70 and a half. 70 and a half. And this can be tricky
3: Another question is, what's the tax rate on those withdrawals? The withdrawal becomes part of the saver's ordinary income and is taxed at those rates, not lower long-term capital gains rates.
2: So what if you have several IRAs and a 401k plan with required withdrawals? Well, must the payout for each account come from that account?
1: Yeah, this issue really has caused a lot of confusion. Each payout from a 401k plan must be figured separately and taken from that account. But with IRAs, the saver, the investor, is free to take the required payout disproportionately. So he or she could take a large amount from one IRA and a little amount from another IRA and nothing from others, as long as the payments all add up to the correct total.
3: But be sure to avoid another common mistake in this area, which is when one spouse thinks, wrongly, (laughs) that they can take the entire required payout for both spouses from one IRA. What really should happen is each partner must take their RMD from their own IRA account. What if you take more money than the minimum amount one year? Can you apply the excess to the minimum amount due the next year?
1: No, 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 it can't do that, unfortunately.
3: (laughs) Well, what if you miss a withdrawal or take less than the required amount, Doug?
1: If you take less or you miss it, the penalty is 50%, as I said earlier, 50% of the amount that you didn't take out, and that is stiff. So those three initials, RMD, uh, they are crucial, and if you're in that category of people, who are real close to 70 and a half years old? Call us at Lewis Financial Management, 919 872 7000. Go to our website, dougandlinda.com, and we will have you schedule a meeting with us.
2: You know, Doug and, and Debs, I just want to say that this is what we do every week at Lewis Financial Management. This is what this is the kind of service that we provide for our retirees. And many of our clients are in pre-retirement ages and some are 70 and 70 and a half. So because we're tracking income and we're looking at taxes and we're looking at the retirement portfolio, the personal portfolio, when that time comes up, you know, usually the custodian of the retirement plan will assist in calculating because there is a formula, right? How much needs to be taken out, right? But also, we're tracking that, right, Deb? That's right. So, I mean, you br- you bring a good point. I mean, there
3: never have we ever heard someone say, "You know what? The only thing I'm really concerned about is money management." I don't. I'm not concerned about taxes, estate planning, retirement feasibility, uh, cash flow, living expenses, or any of the things that money affects. So, because we know that as a profession, and then as locally, probably the longest running comprehensive financial planning firm here in Raleigh, we know that from from our experience all of this whether it's the IRAs RMD all of this is a part of a bigger picture. Are exactly. we going to be able to make it? Is what we have going to cover our living expenses for the rest of our lives? Are we going to leave to our children the way we desire? Are we going to gift along the way and at our deaths at our desired levels? Are we going to see our, our financial future come to its fruition? And the answer is, well, yes, with the help of a certified financial planning firm, you can know you're
1: on track. I would say that through the years, the Two most popular questions that everybody has is either, can I become financially independent, or can I maintain my financial independence? <laughs> I think you nailed everybody it. Everybody <laughs> wants to. Everybody wants the same thing, and of course, we know that there's a lot more. We didn't talk tonight about grandparents and gifts. But right now, with the music in the background, I can tell we're about at the end of our show. We do want to remind everybody that your money matters because your financial future is at stake. And we are the Lewis family. Have Have a a great great
2: week. week.